Bad's only on Badger Radio. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Badger Radio. And welcome back to our new show, Intense. The show that's trying to get to the bottom of why we go to festivals. Venturing into the depths of nature with loads of equipment and camping stuff. Dressing up like colorblind circus performers and dancing until we can barely crawl back to the tent to sleep. I'm your host, Freddie Drabble, co-founder of The Artful Badger. And I'll be playing you tunes from all the best bands and acts from the festival this year. Bringing you interviews from all the groundbreaking creatives that shape your festival experience. And reportage direct from the arena. Another shout out to our celebrated composer, the new theme tune, Orlando Robertson. You can check his work at pixelphonics.com. Thanks, Orlando. So we're here at Mandrea Festival in the Italian Dolomites above Lake Garda. And we're going to be getting our teeth right into the lineups and the philosophy of the event in the next hour and a half or so and reviewing the festival. But for now, let's get straight on it with a fusion band that has enchanted the woodland stage on, on, on Thursday night, Al Maranca. Led by the lute player Alessandro Maranca, multi-instrumentalist, They've collaborated with Buddy Miles of Santana and Jimi Hendrix's bands, and Ken Nelson, the Coldplay and Paolo Martini's bands. And the sound is truly multicultural, drawing on various indigenous folk sounds, but also multi-epical, with uh, the influence in some tracks, uh, including those of like Pink Floyd, sometimes Fleetwood Flat, Fleetwood Mac, and, and also sometimes Jethro Tull. I mean, the influences are just all over the place. This is a hard act to pin down just how I like it. This track is called The Words From The Horse's Mouth. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
today we're not only covering our first non-UK festival, but I'm also visiting a festival that I've never attended before, which is a bit of a strange feeling. So it's been a real pleasure to understand the location, programming and community literally from scratch. Artful Badger are invited here to do our flocking uh, like birds walkabout performance and aerial and dance meditation workshops after communal friends said that the festival was really, really special and uh, that they were looking for no more non-musical entertainment. And my, oh my, we have not been disappointed. So for six years, Mandrea Festival has taken place on the land of a musician's family, Eliseo Suardi, who we'll be talking to uh, in an interview today about the intentions and the vibe of the festival. It's set really high in an alpine, in the alpine foothills above Lake Garda, uh, wedged in a natural amphitheatre between an epic cliff, cliff face and a stunning drop-off with 180-degree views of the mountains around and the immense Lago di Garda, really quite a long way below. So nature is thoroughly included in the programme with, with climbing, zip lines, canyoning, trips off-site to other lakes and, and other hidden gems in the surrounding area. The live music program is incredibly diverse and wonderfully revolves around very much the same genres as we do at the Artful Badger, namely ska, reggae, Afro, Balkan, funk, folk, singer-songwriter and also experimental electronic music. So Elisea's wife, Constance Dalrymple, also a musician who will be uh, hearing their music later on, has done a brilliant job of bringing together such a complete spectrum of top quality bands considering it's really quite a small festival, totaling a maximum of 3,000 people on site at any one time, with only 1,500 camping for the whole weekend, and the rest being made up of local Italians on, uh, on day tickets. So it's a really small festival, where community comes first, and they really want it to stay that way, which is just, just lovely, so we're going to be hearing a lot about that today. And we'll be talking to the lead singer of number one Balkan electro band Sam and the Womp, Bloom the Wild, who we've been working with for many, many years at the Artful Badger, but I've never had the chance to hear her solo work. Um, her voice is really one of the best of its kind I've ever heard, and her humour and creative backstory is, is utterly fascinating. So I'm really excited about this interview. And as the organisers realised... Um, they're really quite low on non-musical entertainment and theatre, so enter the Artful Badger. But also the Psychedelic Kidnap, led by our long-term collaborator and totally unconventional interactive theatre producer and clown, Dan Hernandez. So we caught up with him in the middle of the largest single cast he's ever worked with for this kidnap, and tried to find out how his bonkers world of, of psycho magic really works, so that's going to be really interesting. So this is a killer show, guys, and I really hope you enjoy it. So let's get cracking with literally one of the most innovative instrumental electronic bands I've ever come across. Rome-based band Bamboo. They create their music using totally handmade percussion instruments, including sets of large plastic tubes uh, played using paddles. That's, I mean, it sounds like a bass station. Uh, also brass plumbing tubes that they lift in and out of water to change note. Uh, string instruments made of twine and alternative instruments like hand drills uh, and children's laser guns. So uh, on the surface it sounds like a concert band. But in fact the music is on a par with any conventional electronic music. And uh, if you didn't know, you might think they were digital instruments. 
So this is from their 2017 album, Props, which is out on Universal Records. I'm not going to tell you the name of the track, as it's a cover of a tune that we all know well, but may not recognise. So try and guess what it is. So did you guess it? I recognised it so much from my childhood, watching friends on their Nintendo Game Boys. But I had no idea what it was until I saw the title, Tetris Theme. Mad, isn't it? So before we catch up with the stunning and soothing Blunderwild, let's hear a track from her new unreleased album, uh, Kaleidophone. She's still uh, finishing the final mix downs. Uh, she combines so many influences on this album, it's really hard, once again, to pin her down uh, to a genre. But her roots in, in kooky singer-songwriting and complex harmonies really, really shine through, and we're going to hear all about that just after this track. Appropriately for Badger Radio, this is called Animal Spirit. <laughs>
So I am here, uh, very, very excitedly, with Bloom de Wild. Um, Bloom is a singer I've admired very, very much uh, over the years we've been working with Sam and the Womp, and it is so good to hear for the first time this weekend her solo work. So Bloom, thank you so much for being on the show. How how are you? How's your your Mandrea Festival going? It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's been so much fun. Oh my god, that's fantastic. So Bloom is an Indonesian Dutch musician. You know, figure that one out. <laughs> we'll figure that one out in a minute. And has sung and played guitar uh, pretty much all her life since being a kid. Started out as a busker, 15, and then got signed at 18 years old to Columbia Records in Belgium and Holland. Uh, and after severe disillusion with the industry, yeah, uh, mm. I, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about here. Uh, as the naive bubble burst, she, she packed it in to study contemporary art in, uh, in Rotterdam. Um, but after an exchange program in London, fell in love with the city and became a, a very proud Londoner. Yeah, correct? Yes. Okay, very <laughs> proud Londoner. So then she went through uh, forays into her handmade electronic music and video art. Um, so we're going to be hearing about that today. Really looking forward to that. Uh, but she met the love of her life, a shifty rabble rouser we all know and love uh, for his trumpet wares in the form of Sam. Uh, of the number one electro Balkan band, Sam and the Womp. And yeah, we're going to pick up the story from there, basically. Bloom, sorry for the long introduction, but it's, <laughs> it's such a great story. I just can't wait to, 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 to ask you about this stuff. So you mentioned you had a period of like quite obscure, kind of avant-garde uh, electronic music, video art, and, and, and we came up with the phrase handmade. I mean, you're also mm. a craftswoman. Yes. Yeah, we had the ethos of everything had to be made. Like, well, we had a broken laptop, basically. <laughs> like we made samples from everything in the house. I had like this obsession with tuning all my, like finding out the tuning of all my cutlery and, and my bowls and my coffee machine. And like, oh, this is this coffee machine is in F. <laughs> and like, right, right. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite fun and um, ridiculous at the same time. So there was an absurdity to this kind of quite avant-garde Yes, thinking. I always think that there should be a balance between like the connection to the universe and poeticness and at the same time realizing that everything is absurd and ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> you know, so yes, I, I made loops with um, throwing apples into a pot and making a beat out of that <laughs> and then, then playing some harmonium over that and yeah, yeah not everybody may like so it's this, kind of sound <laughs> art, making a lot of sound art as well yes but also I, I look for the melodies and it's yeah has to be a bit of both so how does that feed into your music and your your live shows this this influence i mean has it changed the way you make music um yeah i think that first of all music and visuals are quite connected for me because yeah. Uh, yeah I discovered there's a thing called synesthesia and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my thesis about that what, what is what is synesthesia it's basically when your senses are so mixed up that um, everything is um, each other so I'm, I think my theory is that most creative types suffer from this condition which i think is a blessing but um yeah it's when you hear sound and you see it or you can taste a word or a number has a certain color to it 
And um, I have it a bit extreme. Like well, sometimes no, it's, it's everything well, it's is great, like that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's great research, but it all sounds so wacky, doesn't it? You know, trying to explain this stuff is not easy mm. at all. So tell us, Bloom, you know, how did you get involved in Sam's band? You know, what happened? Yes, well, well, um, basically we met on his birthday at Shunt. Do you remember this place? Well, of course, Does it still yeah. exist? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We performed, you know, in, in similar, in a place right next to that as well. Yeah, Shunt, brilliant. Yeah, well, that was good. And uh, I met Jan on the same night and we played music and then I ate lots of cake and <laughs> drank lots of wine and fell asleep on a heart-shaped pillow in his kitchen. Uh-huh. And not... Very uh, romantic. Yes. <laughs> it was like a, a foreboard of things to come. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, not long after that, he basically, he was setting up this new project he had in mind with an electronic guy called Aaron and they were making like Balkan inspired beats and stuff and he asked really cleverly because he knew I was quite hard to pin down for other people's bands because I was like I just want to make obscure electronic weird music and (laughs) very anarchistic and like (laughs) tapping on walls yeah it's like and then um, he said do you want to do some uh, weird costume and performance for it and uh, so I said, yes, I would love this. And I became a dancing banana. Right. And this, this kind of fit with the avant-garde, you know. You're like, yeah, it was like, I'll be yeah. a banana. Yeah. But then there was a microphone and there was an octave pedal. And um, I grabbed this. I couldn't resist, of course. Like, I, yeah, I mean... Yeah. So next thing you know, I was rapping <laughs> on a song that would later become Bom Bom. I but see. The so first one is, I did it as a banana with an octave paddle. Like, I sounded like... <laughs> and so I gave my own artistic impression of a rapper. So you brought you brought that avant-garde approach to music to, to Sam and the Womp as well. So your, yeah. your ideas have been included. Well, it wasn't Sam and the Womp yet. It was still yeah. called Kudos, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos. Oh, my but God. Yeah, so that's, yeah, basically that's how it happened. And But first, like, slowly I started to do some bits and it was more like I was also a sa- like someone would take a sax solo and then the banana would do it. <laughs> 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 that's my bit. The banana. It's <laughs> yeah, just and it's that, a genius, genius moment and, and such a great way to, to get involved in the band but you know I've always wanted to hear your solo music as I I told you this weekend like I've always heard and never known for sure you know about the 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 wonderful music you produce yourself and I and you tell me there's a new album coming is that is that true yes yeah what's it going to be like um well it's it's it still has sense of humor in it but it's a bit more (laughs) my my yeah it's my my connected to the universe side <laughs> I don't know so Different much has sound. happened um, and you know I was doing some other stuff like Harmonium Sailor songs before but that kind of got sidetracked when Bomb Bomb happened yeah. I was like yeah. um, I can imagine that and then I went through a moment that I thought oh am I ever going to be able to write my songs again because mm. first of all I became a parent and then I had to become a morning person and everything became different and and I was doing lots of Sam and the Womp gigs so I thought where's that going to go and then I don't know, suddenly I had, um, whilst I was trying to write a lot of other stuff, like writing all this, um, yeah, some of the want material, some bits sneaked through, mostly in the mornings, 
Um, and suddenly I realized I'd written a whole album. And but it was long? more like a constellation of songs. They were all connected like planets. And, um, Fantastic. They, they, so yeah. this album just flowed out of you, basically. Yeah, and I didn't realize. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, am I ever going to write my own music again? And I'm like, but wait, I have. Here they all are. They right. were, yeah. And you're going to record it? I've done it, but I just Brilliant. have to finish it now. Um, I'm going to finish it at the beginning of September. And what's the know. album called? Uh, it's called Kaleidophone. Kaleidophone. Okay, <laughs> right. Well, we're going to be really, really looking out for this. It sounds really interesting. Okay, right. Back to this weekend. You, you've performed two searing gigs. Your voice is always so, so, you know, strong. And you're planning to do another gig tonight. And you've done all of this whilst six and a half months pregnant. And, um, and also with your beautiful three-and-a-half-year-old as well. Well, and also a <laughs> husband, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like another, having another kid, having one of yes. us around. <laughs> so how has becoming a mum sort of changed what it is to, to gig? Because gigging is quite particular, isn't it? Yeah. Well, first of all, being pregnant and gigging is one of the most ecstatic things well, yes, in life. I can imagine. Like, you know, forget about drugs. This is the real thing, like talking about feeling ecstatic and having shining, someone right? in your tummy that is enjoying being on stage it's, like, yeah. it's, it's fantastic as wow. that? having that... quadruple joy of playing amazing and it gives me energy you know so even I'm quite substantial right now <laughs> I feel like when I'm there I just want to bounce I just want to bounce and that's good but also you have to be very creative because like before the Sam and the Womp gig um, like we're like, oh, we have to go on stage, but Sesame needed to do a poo. <laughs> and like, like, oh, okay, shit. well, they just have to wait, right? Because this poo needs to come out, and we have to do that first. So that was one thing. And um, yeah, you know, it happened in time. I think we and, made and, it. <laughs> and Sesame also, you know, is very engaged. You know, you've got her with it with you at the festival. I mean, she even did she do your makeup. She yeah, on the other gig, my my solo gig, she was like, she had a little moment because she was really tired. So I was like, okay, what can we do? Hey, you should help me and like pick like which colors. And she was like, oh, mommy, put some orange here and some pink and oh, let's put these sparkles and and it looked amazing as well. Like she's she, very she good. chose like, very well. Th there were times in which I've actually let her do it, which is quite that's that's quite out there yeah. up looking like a neon green zebra or something like yeah, that <laughs> but I was like okay I'll do it but you tell me where and what so so we did that and it worked yeah, so parents tend to us parents tend to fall into two schools don't we I mean like either we're the type of parents who who just go no no way I'm leaving them with my parents kind of thing and in the, and the others who actually on the contrary sort of believe their kids should see this and should enjoy the, you know mm. this part of our lives this big part of our lives I mean obviously I think you're what you know <laughs> the latter right you agree with yeah the yeah there's some places I don't bring her to because I think for let's yeah it's too muddy or too like boomtown I didn't bring too, her too it's hectic. like not the right place but too hectic as whenever well. I can I love bringing her because I don't know it's fun she loves it mm. she thinks everyone is a musician or creative yeah. at least yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, and that's the way it actually is because I think everybody is creative and musical and mm. 
you know, so... But they're also... The, the kids are part of the community. It just doesn't make any sense not to bring exactly, them Exactly, and it makes it so much richer. But um, I've got to yeah. say, Mandrea's approach to, you know, have, having a small, safe space, you know, where children are very, very safe, you know, is really, you know, I think it's absolutely brilliant that there are still small festivals where, we, where we can do this, you know, trusting, in a, you know, it's completely safe. Mm -hmm. Right, let's get back to it. <laughs> we need to get on with yes. intense. Intense. Because without our intensity, we cannot understand the big question in this show, which is, why do we do this? You know, it is a huge effort. It, it, it's difficult to gig. There's equipment, you know, it's backbreaking. You, you're getting up at weird hours to take planes, you know, with children hanging off your arms. I mean, <laughs> like, why do we do this? Why are we still? Why, why do we love it so much? Yes, that's a good question. But Jesus, can you imagine doing anything else? <laughs> <laughs> like what? To go, oh, oh, great to the office. <laughs> no, I think exactly. and, that and now the supermarket. Pretty lucky, yes. And now the supermarket and then back home to watch telly. It's like, uh, don't think <laughs> so. No, I, I think it just all makes sense. And, and I can't imagine doing anything else. It's yeah. what I've always done and you know it always changes it's never the same but and what every is it, situation what is, it that you is really, different but what is it that you really love about what do we look for I don't know the connection I think nice connecting yes. and sharing and yesterday I, I, I went out um, and I saw this guy called Voodoo Game yeah. and my goodness he was so awesome yeah. you know and, and the baby in my tummy thought this, this is the, so awesome was this the Afro <laughs> funk guy yeah yeah it was just so I beautiful saw that. He was and, just and he did this speech about love and nature and connection and the baby was going yeah yeah in my tummy I was oh like yeah God. that's what it's all about oh, thank, thank you, you Bloom that summed it up so well <laughs> nature love <laughs> and connection I mean I, I don't, I th we're not going to need to make another episode of Intense we have our answer <laughs> This is like, wow, wow, that show's answered then. Yeah. yeah. Nature, love and connection. Thank you, Bloom, so much for joining us on Badger Radio and um, have a beautiful gig this evening. Thank we're you all, so you know, much. We're all going to love like huddling up by the Woodland stage to see all these great bands <laughs> That's tonight. Funny, yeah, we'll have well, nature, yeah. love and connection oh, all there. God. Nature, love and connection. Nature, love and connection. Forever, forever. Badger Radio. Wow. So as I said there, uh, Blue may have just answered the whole question of intense, why we go to festivals, nature, love and connection. I mean, say no more. It'll be interesting to hear if any of my other guests can raise on that bet. So it would be rude not to hear the stunning Togolese French Afrofunk musician Peter Solo that Blue mentioned um, uh, had given this speech during his gig about nature, love and connection. His show was so energetic and he kept doing these call and response breaks where he would call out in African and the whole crowd would call back the words. The audience just never ever tired of this and they were so involved in the gig because of it. So the integration of the haunting lyrics in honor of the Togo and Benin deities and the 70s Afrofunk sound is totally compelling and everyone just danced like crazy from start to finish. So this is a track from their second album, Kidayu, released in late 2016 on Hot Casa Records. This is Voodoo Game with Sherry Nye. <laughs> Voodoo 
So we're already getting a good sense of the musical heart of the festival, uh, of the Mandrea Festival. But I want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, so I was lucky enough to catch up with the owner of the land and the co-founder, Eliseo Suardi. Get delicious with Badger Radio. I'm sitting here, uh, basically looking out over an alpine valley, like it seems like thousands of meters deep, and in it is Lake Garda. Um, and I'm sitting here with the man who's made Mandrea possible, um, Eliseo. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us on Badger Radio. And thank you so much for suggesting that we come to this amazing place. It's outside the festival. And literally, you can see 360 degrees around you. We're right in the middle of the foothills of the Alps. It's, it's absolutely spectacular. So, Eliseo. Hello. You, you studied music in London. Uh, you've been a multi-instrumentalist for 20 years. And six, six years ago, you created this festival. Um, you know, organizing a, a festival in a place like this, is, I mean, it's, it's got to be difficult, no? Because sometimes there's these one-track roads and, and you know, it's really a challenge. And yeah. what inspired you to make such a challenging event? Well, that's kind of like the road... Uh to my house so for me that was a normal nice road uh, everyday life <laughs> and uh, it, you know to me I never really thought about the difficulties of bringing things up maybe create the whole thing because I always done that uh, normally exactly. yes and uh, with, uh, with the land uh, working the land uh, I thought you know it wouldn't be too difficult to organize then actually now I realize that when you have a big amount of people uh, it gets complicated but still I think uh, it's it's easy to manage compared to other events maybe like even in a city they get yeah. more complicated here you're very free so mm. people feel free create less trouble mm. it's easy to manage in that sense and the inspiration the inspiration for it, again, uh, I would say being a musician, I love uh, art. I lived in a community in London where we would leave this situation of the festival 365 days a year. <laughs> and uh, for me, when I stopped that, mainly because I, I started having a family, um, I just wanted to keep on going with that life. And I thought the festival would be a, a great thing to have at least for two, three weeks a year, this magical thing that gets everyone together, gets all together. our friends, you know, like London is changed. And here is becoming our little hideaway to, to get together with the family. Oh, yes. And, you know, being here with my family has been amazing. You yeah. Know? I'm so pleased you come, actually. Really <laughs> amazing. Thank well, you. the Artful Badger are very, very happy to be with you. We've, we've had so much fun today. We've been doing static dance workshops we had like a kids boog breakfast boogie this morning i mean we've been absolutely rinsing it it's been great so dude uk festivals you know, yeah you've you've i think when you spent a lot of time at festivals when you were, when you were living in the uk yes right yes you know, i mean small say. festivals of friends like uh, roll right do you know roll right no, festival no. roll right fair uh beetard um uh, 2000 trees. Uh, yeah. they, they became bigger in the last in the last few years. But uh, yeah, when when we started doing those festivals, they were very small, uh, like you know, families, uh, and it, it was amazing. The vibe was just that's what I really loved. I was like, I want to do exactly the typical British festival of like. You know, the, the beginning of this festival era that it was at the beginning of Secret Garden Party, you know, 2004, 2003. Um, yes, that's what really gave me the inspiration, like oh, the British man. festival scene. Okay, that's interesting, because I was just about to talk about these, these small festivals. I mean, it is such a joy to be in a place 
where you know you get to know people uh, there's a sense of caring because there's not so many people that you can't actually physically look after each other you know and so it remains a, you know, a completely different type of a type of place you know there's intimacy there's community what's your vision for the future of this i mean will you let it get bigger or is it part of the family thing to stay small no no it's uh, we, we're gonna stay exactly as we are maybe we can add quality but not quantity we we can add quality in the in the services we offer so yes. you're gonna have a much more pleasant staying considering you know we're on top of a mountain at the moment has been difficult to organize things but we're planning to make it more livable creating little houses where people oh. can stay and you know spend a month here if they want and make it more a durable a temporary uh, community yes exactly for the summertime here is is amazing you know mm. it's an amazing place for the summertime Basically, a hundred people could live here all together and create an amazing uh, spectacle, theatre show, music for uh, the festival goers. So they would have a unique uh, festival. It yeah. doesn't really exist this kind of concept. Or I mean, surely there are some kind of um, realities that they could be similar. But uh, yes, we have a project that seems to be unique, and the location uh, mm. we can expand so much. Right. The rocks with nature. Yeah. You know, it, it's. So, what, what do you think is the, the kind of number, the maximum number that the site can actually take? Well, about max, I would oh, say. Sorry, sorry talking festival goes, right? We've got some more people up here enjoying the view. Can you make some noise, people? Make some noise. <laughs> they're, howling, they're howling at the lake. Howl at the lake and the mountains. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Lesia. Go ahead. Yes, the, the cliff is actually quite busy at this yes. time of the day. Yeah. Well, let's hope it's the top of the cliff that's busy <laughs> and not the cliff Maybe itself. Maybe another job that we should do, put some... <laughs> Maybe a little fence. Fence, yes, yes. It's scary up here, but I love it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, well, you know, you have to take responsibility for these things. Yes, you? absolutely. Okay, so, dude, what... What's your favorite thing about organizing festivals? I mean, what's the what, what gives you that 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 motivation? I like I like to deal with people. I love dealing with people generally, and uh, festival gives me the chance to deal with a lot of people, and organizing thing with them uh, makes me feel uh, you know unification. Uh, it makes me think that I'm part of a of a project. Although I might uh, be the one that started, it's still getting people here and working with them. Uh, that's the uh, the main thing that Absolutely. I like. Yeah. So people basically people basically yeah working with people is great when you have sound people man is the best thing in the world wow yeah. that's that's a really interesting motivation I've, I've never heard uh, somebody answer that in that way that's that's amazing okay cool right back to the natural beauty of the place I mean we you know we've just been saying it, it these are big mountains with a lot of trees it's, it's a really strong energy really grounding beautiful beautiful location like how have you used this how have you how have you adapted this the, the, the space you know, for, 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 for dramatic effect? Uh, well, we just chosen uh, a place. Well, we've been lucky to have this place anyway. So the choice was, was even there. We, we saw it uh, and we realized that usually festivals are quite flat and all the parts of it are, you know, one line. So this is more three-dimensional. So you have levels, you have terraces, yes. you have uh, an amphitheater stage that basically used to be a lake, so it's perfectly rounded. Now, you know, the shape of this amphitheater with the rock at the back that creates this big wall makes the sound just incredible. So it's like, it seems like a place made for a concert by interesting, nature. Interesting. And then you have all the, the different terraces, you give you different perspective whenever you look at the festival you have a it's like you're on a little plane you just walk around and you see people from the top 
Uh, you know, you can be in small hidden places in yeah. the woods. The uh, secret cinema, for secret example. Secret cinema is like a cave, great, basically. Great ambient music. Yeah. I love, you know, I'm so happy to find an, uh, a venue that's got a more ambient approach because, you know, chill-out rooms seem to have gone out in the 90s when yeah. I started DJing in them. <laughs> I had to move on to dance music. I couldn't play chill-out anymore. Yeah. Anyway, it's beautiful up there where we yeah. did where we did our dance meditations today. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, you know, getting up into the, you know, the rock climbing and, you know. Yeah, well, my sister actually, she's uh, she's a pioneer of rock climbing. All right. In the eighties, uh, she started with this um, in in the area. Arco is very famous around, and uh, the wall of the festival, she she kind of uh, put the bolts in it for people to climb up. And we yeah. thought that that would be an amazing idea mm. for later t- to use uh, as part of the show. So we, we can use those for aerial shows. We still give like, you know, climbing lessons. We, we created a little uh, park where you can do a micro ferrata. Mm-hmm. So we just add some healthy activities. That, all of it simply because we come from a place that people like to do a lot of sports. Mainly mm-hmm. people come here for that. Yeah, for me, it's a pleasure to see a festival encouraging people to get off site. You know, yes. you, normally they just want your beer money, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, get out, see where yeah, we are. This is exactly, an incredible area. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, you can get, give us the beer money in the night. Mm. <laughs> Well, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity here for site-specific stuff. You know, what the, the, the psychedelic kidnap are doing yeah. up in the woods yeah. where they're, yeah. they're taking members of the public up. Um, you know, what's your thing with that? Because you, you said, you told me you really wanted to encourage non-musical entertainment at the festival. Yes, that, that's the thing that um, we lacked a little bit in past years. It would be some um, interaction and theater is, is, I think, is the best thing. Now, you know, music is, it's a little bit sold in that sense, you know, the, it's difficult to get really good bands that are genuine nowadays. Innocence. Uh, yeah, innocence. They're not anymore. And theater actually, I think, is the untouched. Uh, but it works particularly well in nature. That's in the nature. point. You in know, spectacular woods, yeah. spectacular cliffs, like tumbling giant, you know, it's amazing. It's, yes, it's, it's a stunning I agree. place. I agree. You know, I'm sure we can all agree. You know, you've got to you've got to come and check it out, guys. It's growing in a really beautiful way. So you know, come check it out next year. Well, listen, Eliseo, thank you for joining us on Badger Radio. Um, thank you for giving us this little insight into into why you know you've you've created this beautiful place. And like I said, it's such a gorgeous small festival. So congratulations. You've Thank got you. five stars from the Artful Badger. Definitely. Nice one. Thank you Look very, very, very them. much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Freddie. Music from the underground. Only on Badger Radio. So let's hear from the founders, Eliseo and Constance's band now, the Yuya. They've played more than 500 gigs across Europe and Africa since they formed in 2008, including live on the BBC. And this heavy soul groove is from their 2011 debut album on Dayjob Records. Love that name, Dayjob Records. And a second album is is now in the pipeline. Uh, This is The Yuya with Stone. Oh, 
So before we hear more about the expanding non-musical program at Mandrea, as itinerant clown Hernandez explains the wacky world of the psychedelic kidnap, I want to speak quickly about the community of musicians that are regular at the uh, regulars at the Mandrea Festival. It's been beautiful to see how many of them um, are on stage with each other's bands, as if they had a totally free-form approach to what a band really is. And this music community aspect is one of the most magical things about the festivals, uh, as everybody seems to be some part of the creative patchwork quilt that, that makes up the program. And the way new bands get involved in that ever-expanding community is really, really special. For example, we're camped next to a lively young Brighton band called the Town of Cats. Combining jazz, reggae, Afrobeat, Latino and UK hip-hop, these guys were given 20 guests to help expand the music community, just to give you an idea. And they were such a motley crew. They, they, they seem to be everywhere, uh, doing everything and having loads of fun. And they have this stunning horn section, including probably my favorite instrument, the bass sax. And, and they smash their gig before Toots and the Matals. So I think these guys are really going places, I really do. 
So here's a track from their 2016 album, Dance Off the Deadbeat. This is King of the Jungle. So wandering round the man, I'm wondering how I ever got in this mess. When did I become the cat with the tail between his legs? As he strolls back again, straight he couldn't stay away, swaying to the rhythm of the failures that we did in my name. No news, the tin fooled at home, and all was hard to catch just the animals that are on the wild. It's time to reconcile with the lion, and you be the king of the jungle. Yeah, be the king of the jungle. Town seems to be stealing a little too much of the oxygen I'm breathing now. Yes, I'm suffocating, waiting for progression. When a stride made decide that these boots is in recession, I should have learned my lesson by now. What did I miss? Cause I'm failing to rein in all this pretty cowardice. If I only had the nerve, I'd deserve to leave. Let the door behind me, roll with the key. Oh, it's time to reconcile with the lion, and you be the king of the jungle. Yeah, be the king of the jungle. To match, I snatch up the crown of the jungle out of town. We talk out with a top hat, free to roam around. Sound that horns and success to the king at his best. The main man with the main force beating at his chest. For the rest, as they say, only just a day. It's a little town that tracked me.
I'm king of the jungle. Yeah, I'm king of the jungle. So as promised on the Secret Garden episode, a hats off from Toots and the Maytals to the masters of his trade, Desmond Decker came first. Toots declined the interview in the end, but you could see from his performance that he was winding down his career. Despite being tight and true to his sound, he didn't have the same smasher energy that his gigs had until as little as five years ago. A true legend all the same. Let's go. 
This is Hernandez, the voice inside your mind, coming to you directly from deep within your own subconscious. <laughs> so, right, I am here with Dan Hernandez, who is, um, I was just about to introduce as we wandered up to this incredible installation they've created here at Mandrea. And we've just, uh, as we came to the entrance of the experience in the woods, we've just found uh, um, a bunch of people who've just come out of it the wrong way. So we thought we'd have a word with them. Daniel, first of all, welcome to Badger Radio. Welcome back to Badger Radio. What are these guys doing at the entrance to your place? They are interlopers. Interlopers? Yes, gate crashers. They've found their way somehow backwards through the subconscious and they've been rebirthed into the festival. So do you think we should talk to them and find out how that is? Yeah, we should, we should definitely do that. Yeah, how is that? Yes, it's, uh, it's a very, very special time for me. I've come backwards from... I, uh, I meet uh, with Satan at the top of hill, but he was not in. So I go looking at bottom of hill, he was not in. Now I find myself in front of the Creator. It's a very, very special experience for me. I just want to offer my sincere thank yous for uh, giving me this opportunity to express my thank yous. Oh, brilliant. And Anders, uh, what you said something, one of them saw one of the installations. What, which, what, what was that? Well, what we have up here in the forest is a kind of temple of tarot. Um, so we had 22 artists that all came together for this festival. In, in, in the tarot, there are 22 archetypes. Uh, so each one of those artists adopted an archetype and over the weekend created a temple within the forest. Yes. Yes. Here's so the star, for example, just arriving. Oh, we have one of the performers who's arrived. And which card was she? The star, number 17. She is literally the star. L'étoile. L'étoile, wow. Could you, give it, could you tell us maybe what some of the qualities of this archetype? I am my blood, my flesh, my skin, my bones. I flow with the cosmic forces of the universe. Nor past or future can enchain me. So that's the star. So this is one of these 22 archons. Right, well, listen, Dan, I've got to get in there. I want to see where you guys have been working. Can we go in now? Let's go. Fantastic. Thank you to uh, the Town of Cats boys. Yeah, I'm so glad you came the wrong way out of your subconscious. That's it's brilliant. Intense only on Badger Radio. So I've just been brought up into the woods, totally out of the festival, by Dan, and having passed through this very, very small tunnel, which Dan will explain to us the significance of this at the point, so I was down on my, my, my all fours. Dan's brought me up, and he's brought me through several installations that were made on site by the performers that had drawn these cards. And we're sitting in front of one right now that is really spooky. It's a, it's a chair strapped into a tree with, with two large kind of wings, but they kind of look like bat wings or something. It's, it's quite monstrous. Dan, welcome once again. Tell me, how, you know, was it scary, this, this, this particular place? Was it a scary one? Or? Um, it was exciting, let's mm -hmm. say. It was a, a, an invitation to explore... Um, the dark side, the shadowy side, the mystery side, the sex, the the danger of life. So this 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 particular card was uh, number fifteen in the t series of the tarot, which was 
which is the devil's card. So we created a kind of Hades underworld kind of imagery scene here. Yeah. Mm. So we're getting ahead of ourselves, Dan. Mm. Like I was, I'm, I really would love if, if you wouldn't mind just explaining to us the mechanics of how this kidnap works, because you know I've been talking to people a lot about it this weekend, and when I tried to explain it, you know, it was as if they had never heard of anything like it. Can you just tell us exactly what's the structure? So in the psychedelic kidnap experience as it exists at the moment. Um, there's two phases. Initially, we go out into the festival or we will have an office within the festival where um, people will approach us for an interview. Um, and in that interview, we will collect a question, something important from the person's life, uh, something which they're willing to share with us, willing to say out loud. Um, and then we'll have a conversation with the person um, about the relationship between the card that they have picked and the question that they have asked. Yeah. Um, so that question is kind of, for them, it's their own personal research, something that they want to look at. Hmm. Um, and we have a panel of people on the interview, not only speaking, but also collecting drawings, sound recordings, video footage, um, sculptures... Did I say drawings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Song, ritual. We, we, we might be observing your body movements, um, body language, and taking note of what you've said, right. basically. And that then becomes the material for the experience that you're going to have. So then, then we will collect your details, including your phone number or find out where you're camping. And then later on in the festival, we will come and kidnap you and bring you into this experience of yourself. Wow. My goodness me, that, that is insane. I mean, it sounds very intimate. We're talking about up to 20, 22 performers just for one audience member. Yes, we, th this is the biggest um, cast that I've ever had for the psychedelic kidnap. But it's always just one member of the public at a time. So far, we always do it with one person. What we find is that... Um, bringing through a group, it brings a very different energy. Yes, of course. So this is really a... So it's very intimate, it's, it's mm. very, very personal, but presumably you therefore have tried to personalize more and more the experience for these, these people. Yeah, originally when we started the kidnap, the experience was the same for everyone. Um, and the original psychedelic kidnap started in 2010 in Secret Garden Party. Yeah, I was going to say, we... Yeah. And I'd had this... Um, idea in my mind for a long time which was just this title which was a celebration of the anniversary of the death of Salvador Dali <laughs> and to cut a long sh story short <laughs> basically all of the cast were Salvador Dali we all had moustaches twiddly twizzling <laughs> twizzling moustaches and we would bring individuals from the festival blindfolded into our vision pit um, where they would experience themselves at their own funeral as Salvador Dali. <laughs> and they would be resurrected, sorry, right. at the end. So there was kind of this... this yes, I do remember death being involved in some way. Yeah, basically we were put, putting people in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> as you do. And, and then resurrecting them. So it was very much about, you know, death and life, the dance of death and life. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so the, one of the mantras of the piece that we always gave to the person was, you're alive, you are alive. <laughs> and we, would, um, we employed some gypsy musicians also to come in and celebrate the life of yeah. the person. Once they kind of connected to this mortality, mm. then we would resurrect them with a new sense of seizing the moment. Yeah, but you say that things have changed. You've personalized that even more with the interviews since then. Yeah, so what happened was about five years ago, we finally got uh, funding to go to the Czech Republic. Um, and the festival, because in order to do what we were doing before that, our uh, vision pit needed to be hidden within the festival. Mm. The last thing we needed was lots of festival party goers yeah, no, trying to, to isolate the place, gate yeah. crash. Um, so I did try in my, in our proposal. I did in very clear English explain to the people that we didn't want them to put the location of the piece in their program. Um, but unfortunately, on the day when we arrived, which was the same day that we were starting the performance, I looked in the program and they had put a location, a location and time. So they said, "Come at seven o'clock to the Comenium, which is the name of the theater in Radetz Kralovy, uh, where we did the piece." at seven o'clock and yeah. this was this this was the same day um and we said shit what are we going to do um so in the panic of the moment i i had this idea of an office where we would receive the people yeah um and interview them and give then give them an appointment well there you go out of adversity comes you know not only resolution but a really good idea for the future totally and then the the interviews now have have become a really big part of the piece yeah uh, yeah, where we said, wow, we can collect all kinds of information and really personalize this experience yeah. for the people. So, in fact, you then include those images, dreams, uh, drawings, uh, dream, uh, free associations from the interview in yeah, the piece. little sound bites. They, um, in some of the more elaborate pieces where we have better tech, you might even... Well, I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but, <laughs> but we, we, can, we, we would record the interview and film it. So we might, we've got audio of you, we've got, we've mm. got film footage of you. And we, we collect other things. We collect mm. um, laughter, um, but measurements, you know, mm. more kind of... Subtle. Surreal and absurd. Surreal and absurd. Kind yeah. of um, a harvesting of of, peop of the material of the person. Precisely. For example, we collected uh, hair, fingernails, uh, yeah. different things sure like that, so. but just so to give it a bit going, more oomph. Going back to the dark side, you mentioned, you know, that, and, and we were talking off off air just now about about the shadow and how, you know, really at the end of the day, this this um, nefarious kind of under under the surface shadow self needs to be acknowledged in some way. Give me an example. I just wanted to speak about your participants and how they, how they respond to this absolutely mind-blowing experience. But before that, uh, speaking about that, you know, this participant, um, I just really, I wanted to understand better this, this devil thing, you know, like, for example, this, this participant comes in and he has a negative question. He's dealing with something heavy. He's dealing with the shadow. Mm -hmm. You know, is that difficult to work with when you've got something really heavy? Tell the story of this of this participant. It's just such a good example. Okay, so um, mm, it's a big question uh, uh, to answer briefly. But myself, I, I think that we do need to dance with our 
shadow in order to become a more complete human being and have a mature relationship to to ourselves and not to kind of repress our desires so much as to kind of voice them or find creative and positive ways to to work with rather than trying to reject mm. you know uh, the devil within us well hence hence the approach you took with this guy's question i mean you know well that was the thing that's beautiful what the beautiful thing is now that we're using the cards in the interview was that we have these really strong archetypal images that come up so um and what we're doing is mirroring. So very much in the interview, we let, let's imagine that you've just picked a card and you see the devil card in front of you. So what's depicted is Lucifer with his torch, with his horns, uh, with his uh, minions. And the person has already given a question, which, may, which might be something like, should I go home to my home country? Yeah. That was one of the questions that we mm. had at this festival. Um, and he, he received the devil card. And then mainly our question to the back to the participant is how do you, how does this relate to your question what do you see in this card that relates to your question so then we've got the reply which was like i think that i'm traveling because i want to explore more away from my family myself my own desires my kinky side my um my dark side i want to get to know myself exactly better. to integrate it yeah yeah so then we had a great material which to work on the experience absolutely wow fascinating imagery really really interesting material and and a great wealth for a theater maker though to have all this material to play with actually it's kind of like great because you need that material to make good theater really really cool okay dude so just the, briefly your participants tell us how do they react to this i mean is it pleasant? I mean, is it... Do they achieve the transformation that you would like them to have? And, and if so, does it last? Um, I'm, I mean, what I always say to people in the interview is we don't know the answer. We don't know the answer to your question. Um, so basically, in a way, what we're doing is kind of a prayer work with the person hmm. so we're, all of us in life we have these questions and this is just an opportunity for a person to introspect to reflect and also to celebrate and to see um, the fun and the story of themselves as a cartoon character in the adventure story of their own life <laughs> um, so really they just get to become the hero of their own life in the story hmm. Um, and, and what's whether that has a last I mean it's a un, pretty unforgettable experience yeah, no, if, no, if you can imagine to have all that focus of, of 22 artists all working with material of your life it's pretty it's not something that's going to happen to you every day and very few we, because of the nature of the work we only really get to do very few people in a festival so if you, if you, if you are one of those people out there that had that experience you're actually one of very few lucky people that managed to, mm. to have it so Dan, where does this all fit in? You know, we work in, in quite an immersive and, and slightly offbeat field. Where, where does this kind of work fit into mainstream theatre, mainstream dance? You know, do you f see yourself as taking a part in that spectrum or are you quite happy to just be underground and, and sort of off, off the dial, as it were? Um, I'm not really in it for the for the money, that's for sure. <laughs> we don't make any money out of it but, uh, so far. Um, we only really get to do it when it's funded, mm. um, which is a big involved process. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much doing it really for fun, 
Mm. Um, Which is good, no? Fun is good always. Play. Yeah, so, you know, I, d I, I think it can, it's easy to get heavy or even to get egotistic thinking that you're doing some kind of amazing transformational service to, for people, but I prefer to try and stay humble and kind of... Because they're doing all of the work. Already when I say to you, do you have a question you're going to go into a process and you're going to start yeah. to think about your life and wow yeah. what do I want to ask this is activation you know we're it's not just, teaching yeah. anything or it's not even a performance is it yeah it's just giving a really good kind of shake up to the mind to really focus and think about what you know what do I want to ask what are the questions of my what are the quests of my life Dan um, can I just yeah, thank mainstream you. I don't know yeah mainstream not. what sorry yeah Dan, can I just thank you so, so much? It's it's really complex work, and it's been really beautiful to to get the listeners a bit of a better understanding of this really, really strong, and in my opinion, like totally out there, innovational work. Congratulations, man. Thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. Butter Radio. So Amadis and the Ambassadors is another band uh, very much part of this community. In fact, Amadis is one of our longest-standing badger dancers, so it was really, really great to catch up. Um, and it's also great to hear a funk band after ages that's not Afro-funk. In fact, Amadis is Portuguese. And this song is a scream of frustration and raw energy uh, for the conscious minds of today that seek true freedom, not only for themselves, but for the entire indigenous human family. This is Amadis and the Ambassadors with Freedom.
So by means of a farewell from us all here at the Mandreville Festival, high in the mountains of the Italian Alps, I must say that it has been a sincere pleasure to attend this small and intimate festival uh, for the first time. It gets Badger Radio's five-star rating and I can't recommend enough coming down next year to explore its inclusive community, top music program, friendly atmosphere and obviously the extraordinary landscape of the Alps. For me, it's been a beautiful summer, uh, launching this new show for you, Intense, uh, Secret Garden, Wilderness and Mandrea, that allowed me to get into the nuts and bolts and, and see the bigger picture and finally get out of the venue after eight years of being nailed to my stages, glued to my precious bands and devoted crew. And to show my appreciation for festivals as a whole, it seems weird really that the summer is already drawing to a close. But the very concept of a festival is a fleeting, ephemeral celebration that couldn't last all year round, uh, as it couldn't be a true celebration of everything else we achieve um, for the rest of the year. So please follow our station on Mixcloud, that's Mixcloud slash UK. Send feedback to me at freddy at artfulbadger.org and keep an eye on our dance theatre shows, workshops and events on our Facebook page and website artfulbadger.org. Keep an ear out also for my new show, Totem, in the autumn and the spring. Uh, The autumn episode is going to be about the science of sound healing, which should be interesting. So check it out. So it's not customary to play more than one track from the same artist on a single show, but this unreleased album from Bloom to Wild is of such a high quality that it would be mad not to get you as excited as I am uh, about its release. So here's another tune from her upcoming album, Kaleidophone. This is Pale Moon, Golden Light. Thanks for listening. Badger love. What's the matter with you boys? Madness strikes